0: Cartridge Audio. My name is Trevor Strunk, Higglebunt on Twitter, and I have with me today uh, a friend of mine who I've been meaning to talk to you for a while, uh, and I'm very happy to be talking to you today. Uh, my friend Mary, um, who you can find online. Uh, she is at at Scarlett, S-C-A-R-L-E-T-T Miracle, M-I-R-A-C-L-E. Uh, Mary. so happy to have you. Uh, how,
1: how are things? Hi, good. Um, we had a lot of We did a lot of very good logistics work in making this finally happen.
0: We really did. It was like, and and, you know, like, it was just like the work of two pros, two people who just absolutely are great at uh, logistics uh, (laughs) were on the case for this one. Um, Yeah, it was, uh, that's all right. I think we did pretty well for ourselves, all things considered. Um, But um you had me play this game, uh, that I actually found super interesting. Um, and I had never really played it before, um, called other side and we'll talk about other side, but I want to talk to you first. Like, what is your, like, what is your background with games? Like how long you've been playing games? Like what do you typically like to play? Uh, what is your, what is sort of like
1: your, your, um, your makeup when it comes to, to video games? Yeah. So when I was uh, like four, my cousin gave me her old NES with like a couple of games Uh, so that was the the original sin there it's all her fault (laughs) and then uh and i've just been playing video games ever since and i i'm interested in like uh like both creating and criticism of like basically all forms of uh like creative work but because video games are such a relatively young medium i feel like they have the most like I feel like it's something I got to be on the ground floor of, uh, to some degree. And that like, there's still a lot more growing that the medium can do. Not that like, there's not still things that novels, for example, could do to innovate, but like, there's just so much space for video games to grow. So I, I, you know, am interested in, I, in them generally for that reason. Um, I've done, uh, a lot of indie development, none of which, actually finished a product because it turns out like in 2007 when you're on like the game maker forums or on like take source and you collab with people and there's no money to be made in the process <laughs> uh <laughs> projects never get finished um, yeah so, no for
0: sure um that makes sense i think like uh to, go ahead. oh
1: yeah sorry uh, No, i was, I was just gonna, gonna say <laughs> <laughs> you go ahead first I was just saying, um, I'm hoping that I, I get the opportunity to make like a game someday, but, um, right now I'm focusing on like, uh, doing more criticism and learning more about, um, I feel like one of the problems with developers right now is that most of them didn't like, they, they, it's kind of, I've, I've heard people describe, uh, you've had them on before, uh, jackson and m oh yeah uh, they talk yeah. about how like recent gundam are made by people who they don't have their own ideas they just like gun liked the gundam that came before it, and now they're making gundam and it leads to this kind of like problem with the way that the series went forward and i feel mm-hmm. like that's true of like video games as a whole where people a lot of developers aren't making video games because they have like their own ideas they want to they want to uh put out there or because they have like, uh, ideas for how to make the medium better or anything. They're just like, I like video games. I played video games my whole life and now I get to make video games and it's all very like derivative or very like uninspired or so I want to, I wanted to like take that, uh, take that approach where I, I kind of like see what's out there, see what ways I, you know, like do criticism of it and and stuff like that. And then once I have like, more ideas than I can approach the development from, like, more of a uh, a different way, I guess. Yeah. Because I feel like I was doing the same thing back in, like, 2007 i was like well i love castlevania so i'm just gonna make a game like castlevania and that's, that was the extent of it <laughs> but who can blame you like that's that's like that's i think how
0: a lot of people approach games like even even people who don't have any reason to make a game right like the the, the enthusiasm towards thinking about games become like it, it, i don't know It's less about coming up with something new and more about like okay so what did you used to like a lot um then mm-hmm. yeah no i think that that totally makes sense um so what what is it that you um, what is it that you sort of have uh, in mind now that like interests you? Like if you've been sort of like trying to unpack this, right? Like think about mm-hmm. you know the way that you um, the way that you think about games and like how criticism might work for you and what actually interests you in games as opposed to like what games you like. Like what what is that interest now? What is that sort of project?
1: Ah uh, well. Um, right now I'm about to start a a YouTube channel where I'm going to do some like video essays. Um, I'm talking about starting a podcast with some friends, stuff like that. Um, and another thing that, um, we talked about just before I think we started recording, we talked about Xena Saga. I've always been someone who was kind of like interested in the idea of philosophy, um, as a topic. And like more recently, I've been reading a lot of like the philosophers who did criticism themselves like Derrida like Z- uh, Zizek like stuff like that mm-hmm. and uh, that was something that got me more interested in in doing criticism and then when I started watching like I think this problem's not as bad now as it was like 5-10 years ago but when I started learning about criticism and then seeing what video game criticism was out there like most of it was not what I would want to see um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that was like Part of what led me to finally say, almost a year ago now, because um, I've been starting my YouTube channel for a long time and it hasn't actually <laughs> started yet. But I mean, from what I hear from people who start YouTube channels, that is like the way to go.
0: Um, either either yeah. just never to stop, start it or, uh, or to take a very long time and figure it
1: out completely. Yeah, sort of what happened was... Um, I started, my first video that I started making was on Vampyr, and I was kind of doing, I feel like it was too general of an approach, like I didn't really have a thesis, I was just kind of like, here's the game, and here's what I thought about all the different parts of it, and I, I was like, this feels too um, undirected, unstructured for like a video essay, and then I started taking the exact opposite approach, where I started with a thesis statement, and I was like, okay, what are games that are, that, that bring in elements of theater and i started doing that but the problem was that it came it it had the exact opposite problem where i was like well here's like six games i'm talking about but like fitting all six of these games into uh, you know a a 40 minute video essay is going to be a a different kind of like chaotic um yeah seriously that sounds like it would be very difficult yeah they were all games i wanted to talk about right like they were like um uh, scrolling down my steam library to that point in time uh Tacoma <laughs> Return of the Oberdin, Elsinore um games like that like they were all like individually very good interesting games that probably I mean uh, to Tacoma and Return of the Oberdin, a lot of people played I think relatively mm-hmm. um Elsinore I hadn't even heard of it until Michael Lutch just started doing a let's play of it a bit ago oh cool Um, but before that I had never heard anybody talk about the game before and it's actually really cool. So, um, but, and I I love doing that, right? Like I love, I'd love to have a platform just for the opportunity to say like, Hey, here's a cool game I found that I've never heard anybody talk about. And then maybe some people go play it, but it reminds me, it reminds me in some ways of, um, I was listening to, uh, uh
0: my friend Sean's podcast, uh, hundreds of pixelated dead bodies, which has come up a lot in the last few episodes. Cause I'm working my way through it. Um, and they mentioned, or he mentioned this like, uh, uh, uh podcaster called, um, or not podcaster, YouTube guy called a uh, night mind. I think his name is. And he was saying like, I don't, I don't love night mind. He was saying, but like the, the thing about him is like, he'll find these extraordinarily obscure kind of like found footage, YouTube series, cover them and then they become huge. And so like that kind of like, kind of like people wanting you to seek out something obscure and then play it and talk about it and that I could see the appeal to that right like you're sort of casting some sort of light on something that not everyone would necessarily see
1: yeah um so now I've been trying to find like the right balance and the right approach and the right you know because I figure like once I put out a finished video then that's kind of like my that's like my my statement of this is what this channel is so Mm -hmm. i need to make sure the first video is good so that i can continue making those that kind of video um but you know like right now um i have two different videos that i'm working on and i like both of them and they're both similar in their style um so i'm hoping that once i finish those and put those out they'll you know be good and and I can continue from there. Um, but, cool. yeah, it's it's been quite a project trying, just trying to figure out, like, what I even want the, the YouTube videos to look like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can imagine.
0: It sounds like – it just sounds so tough to, to kind of, like – I mean, this is why I've never really done uh, YouTube stuff. Like, mm-hmm. it, it seems so tough to kind of come up with an aesthetic and a practice. And it, it, it's so – I don't know. It feels so demanding. Um, so more power to you for doing it. Yeah. Uh, you know, however long it takes you, no matter you know, that's pretty rad. Um, so, I'm interested in what you then think and why you're sort of interested in uh, other side. Which I'll I'll be totally honest, I really enjoy. I like it a lot. Um, mm. uh, I, I had a really good time playing it. I have not beaten it, but it's you know, as it's a kind of a roguelite in a certain way, um, not a game that I feel like I may ever beat. Uh, um, but it is very cool, very stylish. Um, I think like off the, off the top, you could, you could be, you could be forgiven for thinking it was like kind of like a goth game, right? Like, and goth in like the, 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 the sort of like diminutive way that like people who were really goth would have talked about, like, you know, the other folks at hot topic when I was like 11 or 12. Right. Um. It has a kind of like. There's red, black, and white are the only real colors in it. It's very sort of like uh night. It's like the two times it's set are 1893 and 1929, but like the aesthetic of the game almost seems to me like like bloodborne in a certain way, in a really fun way. Um It's also like the 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 mechanics in it are really interesting and like deep while also being accessible. Like there's a ton going on here, so I'm wondering what like. What drew you to other side initially and then like what
1: kind of kept you coming back? Yeah, well, here's the funny thing. I was the person that shot that hot topic when I was a teenager, so Oh,
0: understand me too. I was just <laughs> buying the punk shirts. Um so like I was a poser in a different way. Um I also went to shows, so like you know, I would I was like I was like the the, the tweener who would like Buy a descendant's shirt if it was that hot topic because, like, it was cool that there was a descendant's shirt there, and then, like, (laughs) complain that they didn't have, like, the shirts of the cool bands I was listening to that I really wanted their shirts or whatever. Um, and then just, like, didn't listen. I think we were just listening to different music, although I'd probably want to listen to your music, the music you listen to more at this point, uh, in fairness. (laughs) So it looks like I would say you won as far as that goes.
1: Yeah. Um, so the, Aesthetic was literally the first thing that drew me to Other Side, just because cool. that like black and white with red. That's like you know, uh, sort of before this this game came into existence, targeted at me because those are like my favorite colors and like <laughs> my favorite look in general, like that kind of like high contrast, low set. Sa- like I don't even know how you describe it. Um, like it's like low saturation, but then high contrast with the red specifically yeah or there's also a colorblind mode which uh changes the red to like a gold and i think that also looks really cool oh that's cool uh, that's really neat that they did that yeah
0: i like that's that's cool because i know that like a lot of a lot of games will um will get touchy about that right we'll get like you know like especially if they have like a particular kind of aesthetic going on for them uh like the the especially like you know the red the the black and the white like the, the idea that, you know, oh, you know, we're, we're, we'll take this game and change a big part of it so that we can make it more accessible. A lot of developers are like, well, I couldn't possibly do that. I couldn't possibly change my vision for that. So it's cool that they were willing to do that um, and that they actually found a way to make it look kind of almost even more interesting.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I am one of the people that is incredibly in favor of adding accessibility to games. Like even uh, like one of my favorite recent... Um, accessibility options was in, um, The Last of Us 2, and it was maybe the only good thing about that game was <laughs> the mode where, uh, like all the enemies become, like, highlighted in red, and all of the things you can pick up become highlighted in yellow, and, um, the background, like, you know, like the, uh, the surroundings become, like, uh, gray, and it makes it so that, uh, no matter, like, basically how, Badger your vision is you can make out uh, a basic idea of what's going on around you at all times. That's um, really cool. And more like more games should be willing to, especially like if you're an in, if you're making an indie game. I understand that there are some accessibility options that are just very very difficult for you to add from like a, a logistical perspective, like from you know like the amount that it inflates the budget, stuff like that. If you're EA or whatever you have <laughs> right. no no excuse to not add like every possible accessibility option. No, that's um, totally correct, yeah. Like, and anyway. why would
0: you why would you not at that point, right? <laughs> Other than you're just being difficult or like um you know, difficult's not even right because that like when, when people are being difficult it's sort of like this idea that they they are, like, putting their own feelings first or, like, they're, mm-hmm. you know, they're they're asking for too much. Like, you're not even being difficult. You're just being uh, obstinate or cruel at that point, I would say.
1: Yeah, I mean, not to get into um, Dark Souls difficulty discourse, um, but this game did come out with one difficulty level and then people found it too difficult. So they said, hey, that's cool. We'll add an easier difficulty for you if you want it. Yeah, I
0: saw that. I actually I ended up playing it on the the most difficult level, but I can understand like, you know, the game really is interested in making you uh, make hard choices. Like you could you <laughs> could definitely XCOM this game and like and name everyone and and make them like very personified. Um, I never do that in games like this because it um, it makes me sad. Uh, so <laughs> so I'll just uh, typically in games like this I will just. Um, you know, make my people, uh, the name, like the, the proct names, uh, cause it's sort of like a little less depressing. Um,
1: yeah, but this yeah, game has some really, really fun, uh, proctin names anyway. So
0: yeah, absolutely. Like very, very sort of like, um, I don't know, almost, uh, I'm trying to think of the way to say this, like uh, very, um, Catholic church, sort of names like uh uh miracle or providence or you know select like uh not celeste but like you know th- th- those kinds of names mm-hmm. um but yeah it's 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 um it's like but any of the characters like you're you know in order to heal in the in the like true difficulty mode or the original i won't even call it true because that's actually that's not giving any credit to their choice the uh the original difficulty mode um Like, it's, it's, um, you have to sacrifice one of your, uh, you know, in the game are called daughters, the Mm -hmm. basically the people that you've created and and grown and stuff like that. You have to sacrifice them and, uh, and not use them anymore, basically kill them off in order to heal, uh, another character. And it's a, it's, it's a weird sort of like bad feeling thing to do. Like, it doesn't feel great to do that. Um, and the game, I mean, the game sort of lays it out for you and says like, yeah, this this game is going to make you do stuff that doesn't make you feel good um but i think on a certain level when if people are like hey like the thing you're asking me to do is actually like too difficult uh to take that out and be like well there's other stuff in the game that'll put you in the bright thematic comfort zone that's pretty cool
1: yeah so that was kind of like the second thing that that pulled me into the game was like um when i first played it they hadn't even added the, the easier difficulty which is uh still you know, like, there's still a lot of challenge in that one. Um, the, the only differences are on the, at the start of each run, you get, um, one resurrection token to start with. And at the start of each day, your, uh, daughters are healed 50% of their max health. Um, mm. which gives you a little more flexibility in like taking a hit or, you know, um, or using your abilities that cost health, but, it's still like a, a very difficult game even on that difficulty. Um, so you still get that feeling of like struggle and and that was kind of like the second thing that pulled me in was that this game creates like a really like desperate feeling of like, you know like, um, every time you, every time you take a hit, every time you pay health points, every time you do anything, it feels very substantial which mm-hmm. is not the case even in um like a fire emblem or an Xcom where like someone dying is significant um it's not like the same where like every single hit feels like devastating. Um, yeah
0: that's fair I think that's a, a really good point I mean especially in like the idea that you I don't know like it's it's a game that Says it's going to do that to begin with, which I always kind of distrust games that do that. Not that, not that like there's no reason to, it's not like I have <laughs> any good reason to do that, but like I distrust games that do it when they're just like, yeah, you know, I'm going to, um, I'm gonna make it so that like this game means a lot. Like this game's about the plague, and so like it's gonna be like distressing or it's going to be like, um, I don't know, like it's going to have some troubling uh, elements about like, you know, what you find out, what revelations are, are shown or whatever. Right. But like the the mechanics of the game really send that forward in other side much more than the plot, which is something that I think is really cool. Um, I think like the fact that you are worried about your characters and the hits they're taking and like have to conserve even like, you know, those little. I mean, what's typical in like an RTS, like a, a, um, this is sort of like half RTS, half not, um, mostly RTS, uh, um, like the, the, the feeling that you get where it's like, okay, somewhat, you know, people will take hits. You have like sort of fodder on the field. You don't really get the fodder on the field thing. You get to sort of like, what you have in the field is very important and you can't lose any of it and when you do it's a really big sacrifice so uh, yeah i think like you know that's one thing and then the other thing of like um you know taking that thematic and really like marrying it to the mechanics in a way that um i don't know doesn't feel forced is 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 very effective especially in like a roguelite right like where like typically loss in those kinds of games is not something you really care about too much you can be bummed if you get far and lose but Losses like in and of itself, the, the the infliction of damage is not a big deal. Mm-hmm.
1: It is here though. Yeah. Um another fun detail about I mentioned that you get in, in dream mode you get a resurrection token each uh, run. You can also get those on nightmare mode by doing a certain type of mission. Um but each time you resurrect a daughter, they come back looking more uh, like, more upset and more beat up and more you know. So like, if you have like a certain daughter who's like very strong, but you keep having to sacrifice or keep having um, get killed in, in battle, and then you bring them back repeatedly, um, you can like, you know, there's like physical representation of that fact mm. on their model. <laughs> yeah, I was that's
0: interesting. I was wondering why I have one daughter like that, and I was wondering why she looked kind of beat up. So that's that's helpful to know.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure. I think because I've had um, daughters get some of that effect without being resurrected. So I think maybe if they like get certain traits or something, maybe it also adds some of that. Um, yeah, that's another uh, uh, element of the game that I think mechanically adds a lot to like the the uh, feeling of the game or like the story of the game is uh, the the traits features uh, the traits mechanic where depending on certain things that happen over the course of the battle, um, your character can get, like, certain traits. Like, if they kill multiple enemies in one battle, they'll, they'll get the aggressive trait, which makes them, uh, I believe, just uh, maybe it was deal and also take extra damage. Okay. Um, I'm curious.
0: And there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of little, like, status stuff. Like, the the enemy that you're sort of against in this, which is, I think, a... Um I think a a child who has been kind of experimented on, um, is, Mm -hmm. um, is like constantly, you know, speaking with you, obviously, like you, like you would in any sort of these games, like they, they are, they're vocal to you, um, and sort of taunting, half taunting, half not. Uh, and then like, they're also, they're also just like very much creating the world, um, where like, you know, you have, oh, um, you know, now this this like this status effect has happened because the child has said it's happening. So like today, with like it's just, we're all more aggressive today or whatever. Like, um, you know, the the um damage is going to be like way higher today for whatever reason, right? Like that's that's something that just ends up happening in the game. And so like as a result, you sort of feel like the world is not just like in terms of oh this game is is like introducing random elements that are difficult or uh, randomized somehow or another. But in fact, that like the world itself is a bit of a, um, uh, how to say this, like it's a bit of a mover in terms of like why things are so hard, why things are difficult, uh, which is cool. Like that's not an easy thing to pull off.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm trying not to get into like the actual story content yet. Cause there's so much to, to actually say about that as well. Um, mm, but yeah. the, the setting um of the game is kind of like it's called the dark corner and it's kind of like a space between reality and not (laughs) so um and so the the child is the one that created that um and yeah he constantly is is having all kinds of effects on on the world
0: yeah, the uh, child is not a. Uh, it's not a happy character.
1: No. Um,
0: and you start off. It's one of those games that starts off with a losing battle. You play as the mother, and in, in sort of the battle in which she falls, right?
1: Yeah, that was. Um, so the, the 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 tutorial is you play as the mother, and uh, you are fighting. Um,
0: brain well, you're fighting the child. Brain. Yeah. so you're full well, and, and plague doctors and stuff yeah
1: yeah so the child manifests all these um others uh, and they're basically they 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 all represent the child's suffering because the suffering is like what the child's like theme is and uh at the end of the tutorial um, the veil is torn and the dark corner is created, and then that's where like most of the game takes place. Mm-hmm. And uh, the mother becomes the red mother, which is she's no longer like a, a physical entity. She's kind of like a. Uh, it's, this game's lore so far. It's hard to say, right? Like it's
0: it's like she's not quite a physical entity. She's sort of more like a a, a manifestation of of like generation maybe no, it's not anger like that's that's not quite right but it is something close-ish to like vengeance not quite
1: yeah, right? well like, so, so that the mother um so each several of the characters in the game um have have an other which is like represents like a uh a concept i guess you would say um so mm-hmm. like that this child's is the suffering and the mother's is memory and the player character, I think, or like the, the player is supposed to be controlling the other memory, um, which the mother fuses with. And it, it, there's so much lore in this game and it's all kind of like vague and hidden in like unlocks that you get, kind of like Dark Souls ish. Yeah, that um, is very Dark Souls ish. But basically, I, the, the main concept, I guess, of this game is that you are opposing suffering and the memories, the memories are. So that the characters that you control, the uh, the sword bearer, the scythe dancer, the gunslinger, are. They, they are represented in the mother's backstory. Um, they are all of the, all of the different jobs that she had during her life, which you get by unlocking her memories, um, and. Then, I'm not sure how far you are. Um Did you not not super far? But f- feel free to feel free to spoil. Okay, I don't mind. Yeah. So later on, you and, start fighting. And, and if
0: other people don't want a spoiler, like it, th- that's fine. Games like this, for like I like the story in this game, but games like this, I never really feel too bad about spoilers. Like it's it's much more about the journey for me.
1: Yeah. Um. So later on, you start fighting corrupted daughters. So I guess what that. <laughs> Like trying to unpack the themes of this game is, is so, it's fun, but it's also weird. Like memory, sure. n- memory is not typically a concept I would associate with opposing suffering, like generally. But mm-hmm. I guess the idea of like the, the daughters and the corrupted daughters is that some memories represent your suffering, whereas some memories are like happy memories that can be used to like ward off your suffering or, or, um, so yeah that's where i'm at with that <laughs> so the mother no, makes is sense. the red mother is when the mother dies and then fuses with memory so technically you're i guess controlling the red mother as well as the memory um but the way this all manifests in gameplay is that um you create units um, which are kind of like elements of the mother character herself and you just fight off the suffering. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's right. <laughs> seems,
0: seems exactly correct. Uh, yeah, no, it's like it's um, it's very much a game about like um, it's, it's sort of like a losing battle sort of game. Like, you know, the whole point of the game is like you are you know, doing your best to stem the tide um, mm-hmm. and the tide is very hard to stem. Um, if not impossible, like you know, the the whole premise of the game is like, you know, you're gonna die, you're gonna lose people, you're going to fail uh, again and again because like this is just so deeply impossible to stop suffering. And I think like one of the interesting things about suffering, right, is like in the in this game, uh, mm-hmm. is that it's tied to the idea of progress so much. Like much of the suffering that happens in this game is uh, because and you hear this in, like, the taunts of the enemies and stuff like that, like, uh, because they want a cure to plague, right? And the only way they can imagine a cure for plague is, like, through experimentation and, like, you know, the, the, the continuing, um, you know, uh, uh, hmm, demeaning and, like, uh, harming of people who have this disease, right? Like, so, like the idea of experimentation is in itself like it borns it is it's borns it is born of knowledge but it's also born of like pain uh and so knowledge is like absolutely something that is not to be trusted
1: yeah um yeah the the the, there's like a specific story about um the way the child was was uh treated and like the the torture that he, he went through but if you don't read the, like, the, the lore entries, then you just kind of get this, like, vague feeling of, like, um, the bosses are, like, a doctor, a maid, uh, you know, like, there's, there are these, um, God, I'm trying to... So there's the surgeon, the deacon, the maid, and then you you actually fight the child, and... The they they each kind of like are parts of the child's story, but also they kind of like, I guess, represent like the maid doesn't fit in quite as well. Um, like, but like the surgeon and the deacon definitely uh, represent like things that can have like like medical progress and also religion. Are both things that can have good intentions, but can also, like, you know, hurt people um, in that way. And yeah, I'm, I'm wording this very poorly, but that's no, I'm no, trying to tie I, that I get into it. What like, you were saying, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's there's a there's a way in which like it's I don't know, like it's a story about it's a story about how. Because, like, the story of the child in, 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 like, when you do read the lore entries is, like, basically, like, the child is super sick. It, it, you know, the child has the plague, and they just decide, like, hey, look, like, we'll just, um, we'll try everything. Like, mm-hmm. we'll just, you know what? We're just gonna, like, try every cure and see if it works. And it's, like, horrible, horrible suffering for this, for this poor child. Um, and so, like, as a result, the, the, um, the child seems like both equally obsessed with this idea of cure and also just like very interested in causing pain uh, himself. And so like, it is this like, there is this like, um, you know, they, they use the word cure. They use the word like heal. Um, but the idea of progression without like consideration for, uh, you know, the, um, the ends that come with the means, right? Or the means to the end mm-hmm. uh, the right. The, um, you know, that is like, that is very much the, the, the villain of this story. Like even the, you know, the, the mother is just like, wow, this is like, I really feel horrible about the child. Like that child really, you know, definitely created the suffering. It's like a horrible thing, but also boy, that child was sure failed, right? Like it, it's clear that like the mother pities the child. And so should kind of you,
1: so what about like what about the rest of the story that I don't know uh, compels you here I'm not used to talking extemporaneously and my brain is just going all over the place that's okay that's why I asked the questions. let me ask you let me ask a more specific question mm-hmm. so do you play
0: a lot of games like this that are sort of like tactics games or strategy games is this sort of a genre that you prefer or is this sort of outside of your um, I don't want to say comfort zone that's a little pretentious but let's say comfort zone
1: um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I kind of play every type of game. <laughs> um, I have recently played, um, you know, XCOM, Fire Emblem Three Kingdom, or Three Houses, um, Troubleshooter, Abandoned Children. Like, I do play a fair amount of, like, games in this, uh, general wheelhouse, but, you know, I, I, I play a little bit of everything. Um, but I, I do like this kind of game in another way where it's a game that feels like very like tight and cohesive like I feel like there's a lot of games especially like with the, the AAA industry these days where um it's more about just having lots of stuff uh whereas like possibly my favorite game ever made is uh Ico or Ico mm. how you pronounce it yeah. um where uh Every like every part of that game is basically like pointing in the same direction, which is like the relationship between uh, Ico and uh, the princess. Yorda. Like, what's her name? I think it's Yorda. Yeah, yeah, or something like that. Um, Not Yorha. No, that is that is from my other favorite game. Um,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it is Yorda. Okay, good. My memory occasionally works. Um, <laughs> yeah, where, like, Iiko literally doesn't even have a health bar because his health isn't, like, an important element of it. It's solely just, like, th- keeping Yorda safe. Right, exactly. And a lot of games, like, take the exact opposite approach where they just kind of, like, throw the kitchen sink in there. Um, so any game like this where, like all of the mechanical elements reinforce sort of like an idea or like a feeling or a theme are games that I'm really drawn to because it just feels like very uh, very cool to me um, yeah yeah um, no I mean I think that makes sense like it, it
0: is it's a game that I hadn't really thought about it that way, and I I like how you say that. Like, it's a game that kind of shares its um, it shares its themes with its audience by way of like actively. I don't know, like how to say this. Like, it shares its themes with audience with by like actively expressing them in its mechanics. Like, you know what this game is about because of the way that the game plays, right? Like, it's not. It's not difficult to tell what this game is about because um, you know you get this sense of like okay you know the, there's the the mother is sacrificing her children uh, the plague is happening and within like you can you know all of that is said up front but you're also sort of in this moment where it's like okay I am I'm in this battlefield and I'm having to make extremely tactical choices about who lives and who dies like and and there's no there's no way for me to save everyone, right? Like the, the only way this is gonna work is if I, you know, pick and choose who lives and who dies very carefully. Um, boy, is that ever, uh, you know, a, a miserable thing to have to do. Um, you know, that kind of thing. Like it, it you can't really play the game without, ha- without actually feeling some of those things. Um, and as a result, like, you know, because the mechanics require you to feel the way that the game kind of lays out, it, you know, there is a way that it, it like, I don't know, it produces a um, a particular thematic despite, I don't know, I would say despite like not always being like ultra explicit about like, okay, here's how you should feel, which I mean, it shouldn't be. That's not all that fun, right?
1: Yeah, because that's, I mean, I love like games that have like very, you know, like I'm, I'm a huge fan of Metal Gear. Um, so, like, Mm -hmm. I love games that are, like, very upfront about, like, having a story, being cinematic, stuff like that, too. But I love a game that, even if you, even if you never read a codec entry in this game, you just, just through the way the game makes you feel as you play it, you will understand what the game is about. And that's sort of, like, the thing that, um, separates games from, like, you know, if you watch a movie, the only way to, to get what the movie is trying to get you to feel is through the story. But if you play a game, even if you never see the story, if the game can make you feel what it wants you to feel just through the way you engage with it, then that's something special about games, basically.
0: Yeah, no, that's really interesting. Like, I think there, I think you know, one of the one of the hardest things for me when I was thinking about games in an academic mode. Was like the fact that in order to think about games in an academic mode, you have to acknowledge the, you know, the fact that, you know, they can't really be dealt with unless you are like willing to, you know, deal with the fact that they are, um, you know, these, these objects that have others interacting with them. Like, it's not like a novel where you have, you know, a, a kind of stable perspective Um, You're always dealing with the fact that you um, are not the only person playing this game. You're not the only person who gets to, uh, you know, live in this game world. And like, as a result, I think, you know, it's very easy to say like, well, there can't be any reading. There can't be any sort of interpretation. It's all up to the player. It's all up to the reader. So like, it's all, it's all, you know, changing and strange. But like the one way that it really could be up to the reader is if the reader is kind of like enjoying or dealing with this problem of, um, mechanical intention. Like what is the, what do the mechanics tell you? How do the mechanics like explain to you how to play the game and how to understand the game? And I think like other side, absolutely is fascinated with like working through that problem.
1: Yeah. There are games that like, I would argue, for example, uh, like a Metal Gear or a Kingdom Hearts game exists kind of like as a text, right? Like you can, there, there's like just kind of an object that's there and you engage with it, but it's the same as like a book or a movie where the text is kind of static. And this game sort of has that because there's so many codex entries and stuff that you can read. But in terms of like the the, the part of it that that we're talking about right now, until you mm-hmm. engage with it, it almost doesn't exist, right? Like, yeah. Until you play other side and you get the feelings that the game is trying to give you, like, there's no that 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 feeling needs a player. Like, it's it's textual, but it's also paratextual.
0: Yeah, I agree. Like, y- you could you could very well just like watch um, someone play through Metal Gear. Like, there are there are. You know youtube videos online if you want to watch all the way through metal gear solid 3 you can it's mm-hmm. like a nine hour video or whatever like you know that w- not what i would do <laughs> i would prefer to play it like it sort of gives some meaning to the uh, to the cutscenes. but you know some people would like i don't begrudge them that uh you can't get that same feeling from other side right like if you're watching someone else do this if they were good at it if they were bad at it, it wouldn't really matter like you do need to play the game in order to kind of like get what it's going for even if you're just like looking at screenshots and stuff it doesn't quite give a good feeling of what the game is Mm -hmm. because like the the screenshots look a little more empty than the game actually feels while playing it i don't know if you you felt that way or not but like if you're looking at the steam page for it, it there's like there's a there's something lacking that you only really get once you're playing the game proper
1: yeah, I I can understand what you mean by that. Um, I didn't have that feeling, mostly because the first time I saw the game, I was, like, already in love with it, but...
0: <laughs> well, no, fair enough. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It's, like, it's... It's, it's a... I, I hadn't thought about it in terms of the mechanics bringing that to the table, but I think you're totally right. Like, it is it is a matter of like understanding this game in terms of the story it wants to tell you um, and how it tells you that story. And, you know, part of the way it tells you that story is by um, making things really hard for you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Part of the way it tells you that story is by making things feel like cool and I think another part is just, like, by leveraging the, the language of family, right? The fact that all of your soldiers are called daughters. Like, there's something very much about that even simple diegetic shift where it's like, oh, these aren't, you know, soldiers. They're daughters. Mm-hmm. Like, that's it's very um, – that's kind of powerful.
1: Yeah. Um, here's a fun detail that I have no idea where to fit in, so I'm just going to throw it out there. Um, Wonderful. Wonderful every time um, a daughter dies or um, when you visit the graveyard, they talk about like remembering their sacrifice. And there is a degree of that, right? Like where the daughters go to the graveyard, you can bring them back, or just, you know, even if you don't bring them back, their name and their, their class and their level are displayed, like, you know, whatever information about them. But the graveyard has... A cap for how many it can keep. So if the graveyard is full, then any daughters that die are forgotten. Or you can choose to manually forget a daughter that's in the graveyard. So I was just thinking about that in terms of like you know, when like we have like conflicts in real life, you know, there's the general idea of you know, remember the soldiers that fought in this conflict and maybe certain soldiers who did, like, especially impressive things get remembered in that way. But, like, you know, the vast majority of of humans that sacrifice themselves for something aren't actually specifically remembered. And I just I found that to be, like, I don't think that was necessarily on purpose, but, like, it was just kind of like this thing that accidentally created a metaphor for that that I was like thinking about No I mean about. I could
0: to- I totally see it like there's the 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 fact that it's like the fact that the whole thing is about um I mean the fact that they use the term forget right mm-hmm. like th- that's a hugely pointed term Yeah <laughs> uh like it's it's not as if like you just like you get to say oh you know like uh reassign graveyard spot or something. It's not even, it's not even like video gamed. It's like, it's just like, do you choose to forget this daughter? Um, I mean, it's hugely, it's hugely relevant, I think. Um, And the game is always asking you like what you're willing to remember and what you're willing to forget in terms of like, Not in terms of, I guess here's the, here's one interesting thing. It's never in terms, well, not never, but like, it's not, let's say, typically in terms of, oh, like, what are you willing to remember? What are you willing to forget in terms of like the story, right? Mm -hmm. Lots of, lots of things do that where it's like, you know, like, oh, you know, take like a visual novel, right? Like which storyline are you going to follow? Which ending are you going to aim to get? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, We're used to that, but we're not so used to it within mechanics. It feels like so much more crass somehow to be like, oh, you know, I'm killing off this daughter because, like, um, I need, you know, I need health for this other daughter because she's, like, more important in the field. Mm -hmm. There's something, like, there's something very weird about that, (laughs) like, from a video game perspective, specifically. Like, it's hard to... You're rarely asked to do that. Yeah, you're rarely it's asked making to you like,
1: do things that you feel bad like doing. Like if you let a daughter die, or if you uh, sacrifice a daughter, or if you forget a daughter. These are like active decisions you have to make that feel bad and feel like you're doing a bad thing in a way.
0: Yeah, because you're you're not even doing it. Like I think the 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 thing we we get away with in games where there are narrative choices is like you get to say like, well, I'm doing this to get this particular. Version of the story I'm doing this because like I want to privilege this character, x, y, and Z, right mm-hmm. um, whereas this the characters like the characterization of the daughters is nil, like it's they have names, they have powers and stuff, but you know you you can grow to care about them, be interested in them mm-hmm. because they you know this is gonna sound stupid, but they like they have specific haircuts, they have specific looks,
1: oh no, yeah, I think that was definitely like the the reason they they did that like was. You know, so I guess we didn't actually mention that specifically, but like when you create a daughter, they have um, their certain elements of their looks, like including their haircut can be kind of like randomly generated a little bit. Um, you know, like mm-hmm. there's like a, a certain, um, like, you know, there's like, a, a, I, I don't know what I'm trying to say. There, there There's like a, a certain styles you know like it's not like completely randomly generated but there's like a a handful of different you know so like when you have your gunslinger who had that one really clutch save named melody who you know is your highest level and maybe she has like some really good traits and blah 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 like you you do grow attached to that that character even though she's kind of like to some degree still just like a generic you know character Right, yeah, the difference between her and any other gunslinger is, like,
0: literally going to be only her level and in the, in the traits you have for her. But it's also, like, you can look at her and say, like, oh, that's Melody. Yeah, I like Melody. Melody's cool. Like, Melody helps out a lot. Um, that's, like, that's, that's so weird in a game like this to to be able to say that right like it's it's just like it's a strange feeling to be able to say like oh yeah i i care about this character yeah um it's kind of like when the character has zero characterization
1: there's kind of like a range of like you know you have like on the one end you have fire emblem where there's like these are all like designed and named characters that have backstories and personalities and you care about them for that reason and then on the other side there's like advanced wars where every unit you only care about for, like, its explicit, like, tactical purpose. And right. um, this kind of, like, splits the middle ground. Like, XCOM does, too, to some extent, Where but, like, where the characters are created and exist primarily for their, like, mechanical purpose and are somewhat generic like an Advance Wars unit, but you still create that kind of, like, connection with them.
0: Yeah, no, it's it 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 is like it is a very it's very much like a um I don't know, like it's very much a um I don't know, it's a kind of like it is a kind of mother-daughter relationship but one that requires I don't know, one that requires you to um one that requires you to sort of like accept the fact that you have too many daughters and can't remember them all. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that if that's quite right, but like, like you you sort of like you you are the mother of everything, and so you have a kind of like, you, you do have a kind of like, um. You know, uh, you care about your your children, of course, mm-hmm. but like, you also there's so many of them. Like, I don't I don't know how else to say it. There's so many of them. Like how how could you possibly care about all of them? Um, It is almost impossible uh and so like at that point you really are kind of picking and choosing you're saying like okay i like this one or that one or you know this one says something to me or that one doesn't um and it's all based on arbitrary things because you you don't you don't really have anything to say about these characters
1: a retelling of sophie's choice where she has 72 children and she needs to only keep 36 (laughs) of them
0: Right. No, no, it's that's totally right. Right. Like it is not, it is a, it is a moment where it's like, okay. um, Like the mother loves her children very much, but these children are meant to kill and the mother lays it out at the beginning and says like, look, like this is about sacrifice. Like all the characters, right? Like you think about like this, the shield bearer where like basically the, 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 the entry to the shield bearer is the mother saying, like, okay, so like the thing you're gonna have to do is protect your uh, protect your sisters, um, no matter what happens, and even at the cost of your own life. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole premise of this entire game. Where like the the whole point is, yeah, like look, you're 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 gonna have to you're gonna have to deal with the fact that you um, your sisters are really really important, and and you're important too but you know the point is uh you're probably going to die um and and that's that's also super important like we have to you know we're just gonna have to at some point we're all gonna have to die uh because we're gonna try and stop this plague um and it's it's like a powerful sort of leveling
1: Mm -hmm. i just realized i was calling them gunslingers but they're called soul slingers
0: oh yeah you're right I like I like the names in this in this a lot. Like I, I really, really enjoy how, how this is uh, how this is handled. It's a it's a really fun way of of like kind of messing around with the um, you know messing around with the the way that um, I don't know the way that uh, the the typical sort of classes work. Um, like it's it is very much like oh yeah like you know this is a this is your tank and this is your this and this is your that but at the same point they're not tanks they're shield bearers and soul slingers
1: it's like it's cool yeah um i'm just thinking about so i already mentioned them once so later on in the game you get a fourth class um mm-hmm. and i'm thinking about excited to hear about it i've read multiple reviews like professional reviews that mention that you only have three classes as like a downside and i'm just thinking about that how like i guess you could play this game for a long time and not unlock the, the the fourth class because you do get it like halfway through the game and it's like a pretty tough game that could take you like a lot of runs to get to but oh yeah for sure it's just very funny to me that like there are multiple like professional level reviews that did not get far enough in the game to get the fourth class. And you can tell because they mentioned three classes being a downside. It's an odd thing to say as a downside too, because like
0: in a game that is so open about saying like, okay, yeah, the main thing this game is about is replaceability and the like, mm-hmm. the emotional cost that uh, that like replaceability brings, right? Like... The whole thing here is that we're going to we're going to lay out how um it is extremely traumatic to just say like yeah you know the the this daughter counts and this daughter doesn't um like that's rough that's a rough thing to do um it's so weird to then say like yeah and uh it's kind of messed up that i don't get to have like eight specific you know brands of daughter (laughs) like well (laughs) That's not the point. Like, yeah. you you know, that's not the point. We, we've gone over this. It's so weird. Um, I don't know. Like, it that that's a really strange complaint to me. In a game like, I don't know, in a game like um, Fire Emblem, I'd be annoyed if there weren't too many classes, right? Because, like, yeah, you want, you want, like, lots of cool friends. <laughs> that's the whole point of Fire Emblem. But, like, you know, I don't think it so much matters
1: in this game. Like it, you know, who cares, right? Critically panning StarCraft 2 for only having three races.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like why what's the what's the problem? Why why do we care about that? Like why would we why would we like get upset? Um I just I don't get it. Um but you know what? uh I don't get a lot of things, so that's okay. Um Yeah, I just like I I think the game's really cool and I I think the um I think the uh, uh, the fact that it is a, a game that focuses on um, I think the fact that it's a game that focuses on um, uh, what was I going to say um, this replaceability above all right and the difficulty of the game is this emotional difficulty as well I think that's cool like I think it just works um, and I think like the fact that it's comfortable enough in itself to say like yeah like there's three races there's three classes in this game and that's all you get um kind of speaks to the 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 belief it has in its um in its mechanics Uh well mary uh we're almost at an hour uh which is usually when i like to uh (laughs) let people off the hook um is there anything we didn't say about First, is there anything we didn't say about um, uh, 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 Other Side that you would like to, to say?
1: When I originally came on, or when I originally was planning to come on here, I was planning to talk about the story more. Um, but it turns out that the story is very hard to talk about, um, like, extemporaneously. Mm. Um, yeah, it, 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 it is a tricky one.
0: Because uh, there's a lot of, like... It almost feels symbolic in a in a classical way, like a classical sort of like uh symbolist way where like a lot of things sort of mean many different things and it, it's, it's tricky to lay it all out.
1: Yeah, so I guess that exercise will have to be left up to the listeners, so I'm, I'm hoping some of whom will now go out and play Other Side because it's a great game. You should, and... it's really good. Um, how about this? <laughs> so obviously Other
0: Side is a, is a recommendation. Leave us with this. What is a recommendation that you'd give for like a current game that you think people should be playing? Obscure or not. Uh, But obscure probably would be better because I would love to to hear about it.
1: Yeah, let's see. Um, Current games. Uh, I think... I'm very I'm very poorly equipped to answer this question because all the games I've been playing recently have been, like, indie games that were older that I just got around to. Okay, then go with older ones, too. That'd uh, be great. Let's see. I made a recommendation thread back in the... During the Steam sale in December. Uh, oh, this is a pretty recent game. Um, have you heard of Griftlands? I have not. All right, so Griftlands is a roguelite deck-building visual novel, I guess is how I would describe it.
0: Sounds good. All stuff I like.
1: Yeah, so it's a game where, like, you start a run, and there's, like, areas and characters, and you move around, and you have conversations, and you'll get quests, and um, there's, like, two forms of combat with two different decks, so you have, like, the actual, like, hand-to-hand physical combat, and then you also have um, conversations, so... If you build your decks to focus on, one, like, if you put a lot of resources in your conversation deck and then you get into, it, like, a difficult, difficult combat encounter because you can't talk your way out of it, then, you know, like, there's a lot of, like, different, you know, like, situations that can arise, like, depending on, like, how you build your decks and, and how you play, the, like, how you go through the story. And That reminds me
0: of uh, Kevin Snow's uh, game, Signs of the Sojourner.
1: Yeah, I've been meaning um, to play I don't know that. If you played that. Um, I heard yeah, that Jimmy reminds me of
0: that. Where like Dia talking about yeah, it, it, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. Me and Liv talked about it. We sort um, of like. It, okay. I, I think I liked it more than she did, but we both sort of thought it was pretty interesting. Um, and yeah, like I, I feel like if you like the idea of building a deck around conversation um, and like having to uh, <laughs> having to kind of balance uh, attack and balance and and like conversation uh, lines that would be sort of a game that you would enjoy uh, but it sounds like that That and, and I loved I loved that element of uh, Science of the Sojourner so um, I would yeah I'll, I'll definitely play Grifflands
1: yeah um, there was one other thing that I meant to talk about at the beginning of the episode um, oh do it yeah And I, I think I actually mentioned this to you in DMs a couple days ago there was the solo episode you ended up having I think this was like when we were planning to record and then the schedules didn't line up um, right. Yeah. 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 But you were, you talked about games that you play in another language that you don't end up needing the story, or maybe later you find out what the story is and you found out it doesn't contribute to the experience, things like that. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. A game I had that experience with, uh, was Carnage Heart Exa for the PSP. And okay. that game came out in like, I want to say like 2008 or something. And it only came out in Japan for a long time. And I played it in Japanese, and it's a mech game. But rather than directly controlling your mech, you program the mech through like kind of like logic chain flowcharts. Um, oh, fun! Yeah. So you like you program your mech, and then you send it out there, and you watch it fight. And then like you notice maybe like situations that it struggles with dealing with, so you can like try to add that to the logic of the mech and and stuff like that. And I, I played the game in. Japanese. I think I had like an online guide that like translated like the, the, um, UI and stuff. Uh, I forget. Okay. Or maybe I just figured that stuff out on my own. I don't remember. But, uh, later in like 2013, the game finally came out in English. So I played it again in English and that game's story does not matter at all. The game pretty much is, is good because <laughs> it's like a fun and interesting like game to play because it's, like, something so unique. Um, there's also a PlayStation 1 game that I played way back in the day, which um, is good, too, but uh, Carnage Heart X of the PSP one has a lot better in-game tutorialization, whereas okay. the original didn't have much, but came with a massive, like, college-sized text, like, book of <laughs> instructions. <laughs> and... uh <laughs> given that it is now a an old rare collector's item i'm sure it costs almost as much as an actual college textbook so i can't really recommend I would assume that. yes yes um <laughs> but i would recommend if anyone thinks that concept sounds interesting you could check out Carnatar exa on the psp i'd love to talk to literally anybody who has played the game because i think the only person i've asked about it that has actually played it is um tim rogers who i know not a huge fan of around here but (laughs) no it's okay i i'm 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 turning
0: my i'm I'm becoming more thoughtful of tim Tim rogers a lot of people i like really seem to like him so
1: um i'm going to i have really complicated feelings about him because you know like he says some really weird stuff on twitter sometimes and he uh makes way more money than anybody needs on patreon but he also, mm-hmm. like, I mean, I do enjoy watching his videos, even though I have to watch them over the course of like several sittings because they're six fucking hours right. long. Yeah. But like, I don't know, <laughs> I find him entertaining. And, you know, he's, he has played Carnage Heart, so that's something. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that, that,
0: that takes him up a, a step in my book as well. Um, well, Mary thank you so much for being on. I really appreciate it. I'm glad we were able to do this this is like this was this was a blast i really I hadn't thought about mechanics in that in the way that we talked about today uh which is like sort of as this way of um i don't know not just smuggling in attention intention because I've thought of that, but like kind of crafting uh, a, a game's aesthetic in such a way that like you know you get more. Not more, but you get something different from the mechanics, like purely different from the mechanics than you do from the narrative. Even if the two are are, are um, complementary, mm-hmm. the fact that they both need to be there. That's that's cool. I hadn't really thought about it that way. And I I think that's really valuable. So thank you.
1: Yeah, I had fun. I hope the listeners enjoy this because I feel like it ended up being kind of a mess. But uh, maybe that's Eat the it up, way hogs. you can talk no, about the Other it. Side because yeah. it's such a...
0: Other side's great. I saw, yeah, I I think it's, I think it's fantastic. I think if you like RTS and you like, um, roguelites in any way, if you like that sort of like cyclical gameplay, you'll enjoy it. Um, but I think, I think there's a lot to uh, recommend it even not in that way. So yeah, fantastic game. Um, and and thanks. Yeah, no, you were great. And, uh, come back soon, please.
1: Yeah, sure. We'll do. Um, we can talk about, uh, Oh, Carnage Arts Exa. (laughs) <laughs> I was gonna say, to track that down. I was gonna say we could talk about like uh, something that isn't like a specific game, but I'd also love to talk about Carnage Hard Excess sometime.
0: <laughs> and I'm sure you'd love to talk about Loop Hero. Your, your our our shared sort of. Oh God, uh, I
1: I can't believe you made like you streamed that game and we talked about it and then I ended up buying it and now I have a hundred hours in it.
0: Yeah, sorry. But also, I'm sorry. I, I've
1: basically done everything there is to do. Like my camp is full and I have. You know, like, I can just beat the last boss over and over again if I want to, but that's basically the only thing left to do. It's kind of nice, actually. Like, it's a it's a
0: thoughtful thing of the game to give you an ending. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I will talk to you soon. And, uh, oh, yeah, follow, uh, in case you missed it at the beginning, uh, follow Miri at, I'm just trying to get the exact spelling, Scarlet Miracle, S-C-A-R-L-E-T-T-M-I-R-A-C-L-E, uh, and... Yeah, um, we'll talk again soon. Yeah, see you later. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to No Cartridge. If you'd like to support us further, please consider going to patreon.com slash nocartridge or for a one-time donation, paypal.me slash hagelbond. H-E-G-E-L-B-O-N.